Well, hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Red and White Authority. This is episode 127. I'm Art Regner. And as always, the Red and White Authority is presented by Labatt Blue. It is the official Canadian beer of the Detroit Red Wings. Whether it's winter, spring, summer, or fall, it's always a good time to cozy up with a nice, ice-cold, frothy Labatt Blue. But we do ask that you drink our beer, our premium beer, responsibly. On episode 127 of the Red and White Authority, our guest is Darren Pang of the NHL Network and part of the St. Louis Blues broadcast team. Uh, Darren, a former NHL goaltender uh, with the Chicago Blackhawks, very good friends with uh, Red Wing General Manager Steve Eiserman. We sat down with Darren, actually we were standing, but we uh, talked to Darren at the Joe uh, Koser Softball Classic for the Joe Koser uh, Foundation for Children. It was played uh, at Duck Lane's Pine Park on August 24th, and we caught up with Darren after the game and asked him several questions about the St. Louis Blues and their uh, successful playoff run, uh, his relationship with Steve Eisenman and what he expects from the Red Wings, and also just a general view of the NHL. So uh, let's uh, begin with Darren Pang on the Red and White Authority. Darren, I remember you as a player, and I guess my first question to you really, and I'm just kind of curious, you've seen it from a player to where the game has evolved today. What is your opinion of today's National Hockey League game? Well, when I watch the game, like the last five years, I'm totally impressed with the game. There's way more east-west hockey plays. I, like, when I look at the top goalies in the league, they have to make great saves. I just did a top 10 on NHL Network and going over video of the top 10 goaltenders or the top 15 or the top 20 and the kind of saves that they make, those are saves that we, we just never made. Goalies, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago didn't make. They're athletic. The plays are athletic. The skill is athletic. Um, they're allowing the players to get probably away with a little bit more because there's less defending and more rules against defending. And so for that, I, I, I enjoy it. And uh, I, uh, I've gone through waves of not enjoying the game. Um, the dead puck era that we had, the goaltenders, that equipment was so big, it was just embarrassing to us former goalies. Uh, to now the where it is, I think it's phenomenal. I think the goalies are athletic, your top players are in great shape, but they're good. They're, they're really good at what they do, and it uh, makes it fun to watch. You know, one thing I find amazing, and I know that youth hockey's always been great, big here in the metropolitan Detroit area, but it does seem to be 12 months a year, 365 days, mm -hmm. is that these kids are much more aware and much better shaped. So when they, is that why, one of the reasons why the league seems to be getting younger almost every year? Well, it's, it's uh, much, I'm a big golfer, and it's much like, you know, golfing year-round and having... Right you know, two, three, four coaches. I mean, you've got a putting coach, you've got a psychology coach, you've got a driving coach, you've got a pitching coach. I mean, in, in hockey, we have the same thing. Now, that's good and bad. Uh, I would like to see kids play sports in the summertime. I, I think there's a burnout factor. Maybe we're not seeing the best athletes play in the NHL. A lot of them quit. A lot of them stop. A lot of them get burnt out. A lot of them get run down by the demands of coaches and parents and always having to be on and playing hockey and going to a hockey rink. I mean, when I was play when I was a kid, and a lot of us would say the same thing. It was not just me being isolated. I played tennis. I played lacrosse. I played squash. I, I couldn't wait to play hockey again after I played all those sports, though. And I, I hope that there's not that burnout factor. But in the meantime, if you really love something bad enough and you can't wait to get to the rink 12 months a year, five days a week, 
then you obviously love this sport. And if you love it that much, you're going to end up in a pretty good spot. You know, you, you had an interesting year this year working for the Blues as well as uh, your work for the NHL Network and NBC and, and everything that you do. I mean, I, 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 maybe I even saw you on Hockey Night in Canada. You seem to be all over the place. But um, what I'm really curious about is how amazed were you that the Blues went from first to worst in a half a season and won the Stanley Cup? Or was this team, because if you look at their history, and Steve Eiserman said this, well, this team was actually built to win a Stanley Cup. It just it just didn't happen overnight. I mean, you know, it finally arrived for them, but were you amazed at what they were able to, to, to pull off? No, I'm probably like the normal you know, fan or manager that watched the team. I thought that at the beginning of the year that this team had a chance to be top three in the Central, which is one of the toughest divisions, and uh, expectations were very high. But it was clear to me in the first maybe one month of the season, because I'm between the benches for 90% of the games, right. it's clear to me that there uh, were a few players that just weren't checking their ego at the door. That they, there's so many new players, um, they all had different uh, responsibilities. Some guys that would normally be on the power play weren't. Some guys that normally got the offensive zone faceoff, they didn't. So I think there was just a feeling out process. But there were many times early on that they went in and they beat Winnipeg, they beat Colorado, they beat Tampa Bay, they beat they beat really good teams on the road. And I said this team is can be a special team if they get it together on home ice. And I think what culminated for them <clears throat> is that Jordan Biddington came on board. He played the home games a lot, and Jake Allen played a lot of the road games. Then Jordan Biddington took it over and really ran the table. But Jake Allen was great on the road. He just wasn't very good at home. And I think with Bennington at home, everybody gained, regained a lot of confidence at home. Then they started winning at home. So they had the best road record. Now they had the really great home record. So am I, was I surprised? Not entirely, but still, coming back from last place on January 3rd to win a Stanley Cup, to me, is a really a really amazing feat. I would imagine being a former goalie yourself, the Bennington story is, is pretty incredible in its own right I mean you know it goes back I don't know what it was when I was a kid growing up but there was a guy gets hired for a job and he says all I needed was the chance or all I needed was the opportunity he got the chance he got the opportunity and certainly made the most of it he's uh, he's a special guy um, every year he got sent down in training camp I'd send him a text and I'd say keep your head up Benny. you know work hard keep your head up but this year at the camp that that uh, a year ago I remember taking notes about Bennington and watching him really close because it was between him and Vili Husso, who's the next prospect. And that's why it left Bennington on the fourth fourth man on the totem pole. But it took a brave move by, by Doug Armstrong to say, Chad Johnson, we're going to move you out. So as soon as they did that, they made an organizational decision to move Chad Johnson out on a one-year deal, 1.75. It freed up money, but they said, we're going to bring up a kid. And it would have been Vili Husso, except he had a sprained ankle. So it was Jordan Bennington. Bennington came up, got that shutout in Philadelphia, and that's the night that Gloria uh, was created. But he's got a, I, I like it because I, like I, it reminded me a little bit of all the goalies that have spent three, four years in the minors. You have 900 layers of skin, you're ticked off at everybody, and the minute you get a chance, you want to shove it right up there, you know what, to make sure that somebody pays attention. And that's exactly what he did. With a lot of bravado, a lot of confidence, and the players really liked that part of him. He had personality, and I think that really the team liked that and rallied around him. Did you ever think that the song Gloria would be the rallying cry for the St. Louis I've Blues? never done more research on Laura Branigan <laughs> and that 1983 or 84 hit that stayed in the top 100 for 32 weeks than I did uh, after that. But 
It was cool though that five, six, seven guys went to that bar to watch a playoff game between the Bears and the Eagles and took notice and it tells you what kind of team they are and they brought it right to the room. They're a very tight team, one of the tightest I've ever been around. Very close-knit team. Um, yeah, I'd be remiss. I mean, over the years I've talked to you, and I and I can remember you know, your your friendship with Steve Eiserman. I know a lot of the young hockey fans probably don't realize. Can you give us just a little bit of the background about how you guys are just like buddies? Yeah, well, it's been almost 40 years now. Um, we've watched our, our kids have grown up. He's been at uh, both my kids' weddings. We've been at been each other's wedding parties. Uh, we've been on numerous golf trips where we've been best friends for that's a long time. And it's uh, I'm really obviously I'm thrilled for Steve to be back here. But I, I uh, Steve's just a special guy, and he's just he does things the right way. He's an honorable friend. He's loyal, and he's he just looked good when I saw him in the offices. I went up there uh, to his offices to see him and spend a, a half a day, and I saw him in the. Red Wings golf shirt, and I just looked at him and I said, boy, does that look good. And it does look good. So he's a special guy, and I'm lucky to have him as a friend for a long time. You know, he's a realist. I mean, you know, we've all known him, yep. obviously not quite as long as you have, but he, he's preaching patience. Mm -hmm. And I can remember certain points during his career where I know patience is a virtual, and he kind of, but he reaches a level where if it's not working, he's more than willing to oh, yeah. be really proactive. Oh, yeah. I, I think... You know, on July 1, I had a chance to spend some time with them in the offices there. And there's a lot of players that are free agents that, you know, are, are good players. But you don't want to get locked into these long-term relationships with just yet. And I think Steve did the right thing then. I mean, he, he filled a couple of holes that he needed to fill up. And then he'll peck away and and uh, and, and graduate and, and make the team more competitive. But I think, I think people have to realize just because Steve comes in here, I mean, Kenny Holland's a Hall of Fame general manager. Right. You know, it, it's hard uh, rebuilding, but, you know, I think Steve will have just a, maybe a, a different eye than Kenny had. Uh, at the end, they both wanted the same thing, to win a Stanley Cup. That's all Steve wants to win is win a Stanley Cup. It's all Kenny wanted to do, but uh, I think for Steve, he knows it's going to take a little bit of time. But he's got some good pieces here. He knows that, and hopefully the draft picks that were before him and this year are going to be really good for him. Now, are, are you on speed dial with Steve? I mean, when you see something, are you an <laughs> you know, unpaid consultant? We've been friends for a long time, <laughs> and I like it that way. We've, we, we've talked hockey for 40 years. And we continue to talk hockey every day. So, you know, I mean, obviously the Blues, Stanley Cup champions, which was good. I think, I think the longtime hockey fans were probably rooting for St. Louis to finally win a cup. I think so. And you know, I mean, I know, yeah, I know even I Red Wing fans was, that right. when we were all in the same division. division I mean, right. I was with the Blackhawks. You had the Red Wings. You had the Maple Leafs. You had St. Louis and Minnesota. Those were great days. Yeah. But I, I, I think, you know, a lot of fans didn't don't like Boston, so they cheered for St. Louis. I do believe that way. But I think a lot. St. Louis has been in the league for a long time, right. and uh, they've got some good people, great, great alumni. You got to win sometime, right. and I, I'm really glad that they won. Uh, they, the city itself is a great city. I've lived there for 10 years, and I'm really impressed with the city and the people and the way that they are. It's it's a phenomenal sports city. Yeah, I, and people. I, I want to ask you about, you know, you know, you see every team in the league, obviously, in your uh, in your in your job. Uh, what do you can you give a quick assessment of the Red Wings? Where do you think this team might be at right now? Well, we saw we saw a little bit here today. I mean, obviously Dylan Larkin's a top end player. We've we've seen players like uh, I think like uh, I look at I guess I look at the speed of the team. I want you know you you always wonder about the draft picks. Like how how are guys going to 
develop and how long is it going to take? And, and those are big factors. Uh, can they develop the D fast enough? Um, uh, they've got expiring contracts. Once those contracts are up, you know, what does Steve do to move in some new pieces? So um, when I look at the team, I mean, I look at it as a team that's kind of like everybody else. When I saw them play late in the year, I saw them play a fast game. I saw Blash have them play in a good, quick, tenacious game, and, and I, was, I was inspired by that. So, um, you know, if Anthony Manth if, if, if he turns out to be a real sniper, like we're talking, I don't, I don't mean 19 or 20 goals, but can he turn that to 35 goals? Can Athanasiu turn into a, a real total overall player and be that reliable 25 goal guy and a 70 point guy? Like, so there, there's a lot of questions at the young players. Because they've been anointed ice time, I think now it's a really important time for them to, to show that they are dependable players. So that if Steve's going to build around these guys, that that they're going to be players that he goes, okay, they're staying, they're staying, they're staying. And I think that's important for these young players that I just mentioned to say, i got to prove to Steve that uh, we're foundation blocks. You know, and I know we're going to let you go because you've been giving us a lot of your time. But, again, it's, you know, being a goalie, and when you look at it, I mean, you know, Jimmy's been phenomenal the last two years. I mean, I really think arguably he could have been the Red Wings' best uh, best player, yep. Jimmy Howard in that. And that I mean, and he'll need to be again. Right. Well, that, that's exactly right. And, but yeah. I guess my point being is, is that maybe if you could tell Red Wing fans because – Sooner rather than later, there's going to have to be some changes in that net. Jimmy's yep. 35, 36. Yep. Bernier's has two more years left. So, I, I mean, is I, you know, I guess what I try to ask is, Philip Larson has elevated himself. We'll see how he does in Grand Rapids this year. His first year pro. But is goaltending a position where where they used to say about left-handed pitching is that it. You never know when it's going to come, but when it comes, it's great. Yeah. But are the Red Wings kind of in a, uh, I guess, growth period yeah. as far as goaltenders go? Yeah, well, I mean, I do believe there's a lot of teams out there that have great depth in goaltending, and you can't you can't graduate everybody. I believe that, and Steve in his past has been very shrewd in looking elsewhere as well. Jimmy Howard's been an excellent goaltender. And, you know, staying healthy and being the guy that he was for several months last year, this team could surprise somebody. Maybe they slide into there to a playoff spot or compete. What you do want, though, is for your goaltender to be really good, but for the players to believe in the system that's there and, and get them into the important games late in the year. That's the important part. Like, you, you don't want the young players that have never experienced it go through the last two months of the year not be in the playoffs and, and just being these this you know a team that just tries to surprise people. You want them to be in big games because that's when you see the development of everybody. That's that's when it is. But the goaltending position, let's face it, Larson's just coming out of college hockey. Right, right. I mean, I played major junior A for three years. I played three years in the minors. I made it my fourth year of pro hockey. Bennington just made it in his fifth year of pro hockey. Larson's a ways away. Right. That's just the facts. But right now, you've got two very good goaltenders in the NHL. And, you know, they, they, they can, when they're on their game, they can compete with any tandem in the NHL. Th those are the facts. You know, so. Yeah, and I don't want to make this all about Steve, and forgive me, but, I mean, you know him so well, and, you know, I'd like to think over the years maybe I've gotten to know him a little bit too, but I know he downplays it, but him coming back to Detroit, I mean, I used to joke around that the only artwork in the city of Detroit was that him on that big building for 10 years, you know? That's good, huh? <laughs> yeah, you know, but... Uh, 
I well, know he downplays it, but it, this has still got to be the real special situation for you. Oh, it has to be, I, and it is. Otherwise, he doesn't leave an organization that's such a great organization in, in Tampa Bay with an unbelievable owner that he was dear friends with. For him to leave Tampa Bay wasn't it wasn't an ordinary step. It took a hard decision. So for it to work out and for Kenny Holland to really be such a big part of this, right. they're great friends. Steve would never step step over. Not in a million years would Stevie do something that would that would remove Kenny Holland. Kenny Holland was the initiator. Um, and to bring Stevie back, as, as you know, Kenny said it many times, he's, he's, he's back home. And Steve's family and everybody here, he's, he's number 19, he's Steve Eiserman. It's great that he's back here. And it's not that he's back here as a gift. He, he's, a, he's a top general manager in the National Hockey League. And so, you know, as, as Kenny moves along, Steve gets to put his brand on the Detroit Red Wings and hopefully win one for Marion Illich and the Illich family. And that's, and the fans of Detroit. And that would be the ultimate, I'm sure, for Steve. Um, but he's a proud guy and he's, uh, he works every day at it and he's, uh, he's determined to make this uh, a winning franchise. It's just gonna take some time. You know, I, I wanna ask you this and I'm asking you to be a hockey soothsayer here. When does he make his first major move? <laughs> a soothsayer. Well, he's not bringing back Koser because he's got a bicep injury. McCarty looks like he can't play again, so the grind line's out. Um, you know what? I, I do believe that Steve will peck away at roster players first around the NHL. There's a waiver uh, timeline that's going to come in before the regular season. A lot of teams have stocked up uh, with the UFA. There's quality players that are out there, and I believe Steve's got his hands on first and foremost um, regular good NHL players that are already roster players in the NHL. A big move? I think that's a little down the line. To did be you with that. did you see over the years? Did you did you see him evolving into this general manager? I know as a player, he always told me that he was never going to be a coach. Yeah, but once he was out of the game a couple of years, yes. Once he once he started running Team Canada, started being under Kenny Holland, yes, I, I saw it. There was a determination, typical of Steve, that uh, that just never never went away. He's a, he, he's a he's just he's a worker. He's a grinder. He wants to every day. He's thinking about another way of making the team better and what player and hot stove and talking about this player, that player, this coach, that coach, this assistant manager. I mean, that's he thinks about it. Besides besides that and uh, and being him golfing. Those are things we talk about all the time. So. <laughs> Finally, I, I, you know, just real quickly, I mean, I know everyone's waiting for you. Right, there's nothing quick about you. No, that's true. One final question. Yeah, Carly's joining us now, too. Um, St. Louis, this run, I mean, is this, you know, one-hit wonder, or do you think that this team is built to... To continue, oh, it's, because it's built to be a good team. It's it's built to compete in the Central, and I think it's built to compete in the Western Conference. I think they they're they're not the fastest team in the world, but they play a little faster. They're not the they're not the biggest team, but they do play big. Um, they've got a large group of defensemen that are arms and legs. They defend very very well, and they've got a coach that will not let them get away easily with anything. So I think they're going to be around for a while.